Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. At 19 past 11, thanks for your company. Uh, Chris, thank you for your text. He said, yes, for the wild card in AFL and their final series. It means Carlton would have played finals at last for the last few years. Oh, dear, oh, dear. 13, 13, 55, 736, Don't miss a Titans doubleheader. It's this weekend, all part of Superhero Saturday. The NRL versus the Roosters and the NRLW taking on the Cowboys. Outstanding stuff. Now, Emma Greenwood from the Korea Mail is reporting that Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Queensland Premier, will not be throwing a lifeline to the Commonwealth Games in 2026. Uh, Right now on the Gold Coast, there is a Women in Sports Summit. And the Premier was speaking there this morning and said she had been asked about the possibility of Queensland stepping in to host 2026, categorically ruled it out, but also underlined that the Victorian decision would have no bearing on Queensland's Olympic position. She says that in Queensland, our Olympic position is very good. I've had people say to me, can you run the Commonwealth Games? Well, no, we can't because our focus is on the Olympics and any extra money, well, we'd have to then delve into a pot that is put aside for social housing, et cetera. So there we go. Emma Greenwood with that that story just coming out. This is a developing story, uh, one that will be uh, spoken about for most of the day and for the days coming as well. Speaking of which, tomorrow night and the ashes – Oh, cannot wait for this. Uh, All thanks to Plantation Homes. The sale event must end soon. I want to take you to the UK because the Ashes, they do go on the line tomorrow night with the Aussies holding a 2-1 lead heading into the fourth test. And it all starts at Old Trafford tomorrow night, 8 o'clock SEN. You'll be able to hear every ball live uh, here on our 693 station on the app as well. Just download that. It's the best way to hear the team crystal clear and uh, as if they're in the living room, the car with you, calling all that action. Uh, The team includes an Englishman. Yep, Daniel Norcross, uh, the man who called Johnny Bairstow a lazy pillock. I love that. He's endearing himself to me already. Uh, Daniel, good morning to you, or good evening to where you are. The fourth test, it is set up to be an absolute beauty. Well, it is, isn't it? Uh, obviously, when things get set up to be absolute beauties, you're a little bit on edge. And if it's in Manchester, what you're on edge about is the weather, because Manchester is renowned for being the wettest place. It's a bit like the Sydney of England insofar as it rains all the time. But forecast is looking okay for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And England have announced their team already. So we're already getting the anticipation. We're all get, already getting excited about, you know, looking forward to the game. Um, Australia have been a bit cagey about their side. I'm sure we'll come on to that in a minute. England have got James Anderson back in the side to bowl from the James Anderson end. And so England fans are already kind of imagining this wonderful first day on a green top 
and Anderson steaming in and rediscovering the skills that made him a champion bowler that was a little bit absent in truth in the first couple of test matches. That's fair. And hoping they could take England to victory and take a square to the oval. But, you know, there's a lot of ifs in there. And see, Daniel, this is what we get. Obviously, you know where you're broadcasting into, into Australia, and you're saying hopefully for an England victory. So we've just got to make sure that the scales are balanced in this this conversation. (laughs) Um, Daniel Anderson. Surely, surely, Ben, surely, surely, Mm. every good Australian wants cricket to be the winner. And they will want, they will want their side to lose this so they can win more crushingly. They could disappoint the British soul far more successfully if they do it at the Oval. Because then hope, which is, which is a concept which is alien to the English, really, hope will start to build. That's how you really destroy them. If you win this test match, well, it's kind of, yeah, it was on the cards anyway, wasn't it? Headingly was a blip. Australia are better. Let's go back to watching football. Whereas this way, you can crush our souls. You can, we'll never do the same again. Daniel, that's what we're telling ourselves after Headingley. Oh, cricket's the winner. It's going to be thrilling. Now, let's just get to Manchester and wrap this thing up. Hey, speaking of Manchester, what is it with your record there? The English record against Australia, n- not good. We haven't lost at Manchester since 1981. I was, God, how old was I? I was seven. Yes. Well, I remember that test very clearly. It was part of Botham's Ashes. Mm. It was the third of three tests that he had a huge impact in. He got that incredible 100, better 100 than the one he got ahead in the actual 86 balls. Uh, and it contrasted hugely with Chris Tavare. I think got 50 in a whole day. And Botham got 100 in a session, pretty much. <laughs> um, yes. What is it about Old Trafford? I don't really know. Because actually, the pitches ought to suit England. They've uh, they take a little bit of spin, but not too much. So England's lack of spin resources isn't overly exposed. They're nice, usually quite hard, quite bouncy pitches. And against teams that aren't Australia, England have succeeded. But I suppose when you think about the composition of an Australian bowling attack, mm. Pat Cummins will love Old Trafford. He did four years ago. It's a sort of pitch that suits him down to the ground. Usually, it's a little bit like the last heading the pitch was which surprised us in being so pacey, which was a sort of Pat Cummins pitch, wasn't it? He, sort of, he ran out of steam in the second innings. In that first innings, he was matchless. And you can imagine him, Josh Hazelwood had a great test there four years ago, um, and the swing of Stark if the weather conditions, as we're anticipating, a little bit cloudy, a little bit of overhead. So I think the reason is because it's the most traditionally Australian pitch that England has as a general rule, Old Trafford, which, as I say, I mean, in times gone by when England had players like Steve Harmison um, and Simon Jones and, and Andrew Flintoff, it actually suited them. They didn't get, I mean, don't forget, in 2005, they very nearly beat Australia, didn't they? With, uh, yeah. with a four-pronged pace attack. And that was a, the one that Glenn McGrath managed to survive at the end, you know, nine down. So I think the answer lies really in when England do well there. When they do well is when they've got a strong pace attack. And Australia always have strong big men rather than sort of kiss the pitch swingers. So it it tends to suit an Aussie style of bowling a bit more. Okay. Well, then, Daniel, answer me this. Ian Healy said on this very station just a few hours ago that the only change he would make is bring Hazelwood in for bowling. But... 
He wants to know if Pat Cummins has full faith, has full trust in Todd Murphy because he didn't bowl him, hardly bowled him at Headingley. If he had Nathan Lyon in the team, Nathan Lyon's bowling 40 overs. But we don't, and we have a, a, a rookie spinner. Is it a place where you could forego a spinner Bring in for pay and bring in a, a Michael Nisa who's been killing it for Glamorgan, and he's a Queenslander. Mm. Well, do you know, there's a lot of people who love Nisa, not least of which my colleagues on SEN, yeah. uh, Adam Collins, Borat, Sunder and they're big Nisa fans. I'm a big Nisa fan. Yeah, I actually think Nisa is it's not quite right for him, as I say, it's for a bigger banger in bowler. Gotcha. But normally, you play a spinner. Uh, Old Trafford because it does turn, but and I'm going to say something a bit radical here for your your listeners. With Australia being two one up in the Ashes, two one up, right? Mm -hmm. With a bit of rain knocking about, I would forego the spinner, but I would play both Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green and go long on that batting order because you know let's not forget England have taken 58 Australian wickets out of a possible 60. Australia's batting has shone in parts, hasn't it? But it hasn't really been mm. the juggernaut we thought it would be. The sort of Smith, Labashane, Kawaja-led, Travis Head juggernaut. And Cameron Green hasn't, hasn't really, you know, he's got too many runs so far. But if you hide him a little bit further down, he could come in at seven. We've got Carey at eight. He's struggled a little bit with the bat. But you lengthen that tail with Stark and Cummins at nine and ten. I would be defending my 2-1 position and knowing that guys like Cam Green and Mitchell Marsh, big, tall men, strong, big-shouldered men, you could just go in with five five paces. Uh, that would be that would be my method, actually, because I think, you know, there was a great test match played at Old Trafford not long ago in which 20 wickets were shared by two bowlers, Monty Panasar and Steve Harmison, wow. which sort of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Really. It, it, it rewards... Metronomic accuracy, which you'll remember Shane Warne saying Monty Panatar's not played 57 tests, he's played the same test 57 times. <laughs> Monty could land it, you know, and an old trap had helped. So somebody like Nathan Lyon, a really experienced spinner, would be great there. Todd Murphy, I think he's going to be a great spinner. And I think he might yet prosper at Old Trafford. But if you've got Marsh and Green, as well as Stark, come in Taserwood, why not just go that way and bomb England on that pitch and lengthen your batting order considerably? That'd be my move. In life, there is nothing like local knowledge, and we are picking the brains of Daniel Norcross, part of the SEN commentary team. You'll be able to hear every ball of the Ashes tomorrow night. It gets underway, 8 o'clock, our time at Old Trafford. Uh, Daniel, I, I, want to, I need to ask you this. Moen Ali batting at three. I know it's been done. Yeah. The thoughts behind it, the process behind it. Well, the process, like a lot of things in baseball, is vibe and feeling. Um, there's not an enormous amount of science that's gone into it. So, essentially, England's had a problem with the number three pretty much since Jonathan Trott um, retired. So, everybody who's come in that role has been a revolving door situation, partly because batting against a new ball in England is more difficult than in most other countries mm. in the world. And you see that in the returns that openers tend to get in England as well. So they found in Ollie Pope somebody who had nailed down that spot. Once he's gone, everybody else is in a position that, that's become their own. Harry Brook at five, he's only young into his test career. He's only been going for less than a year. Um, despite having those thousand runs, he's not 
really a number three. Joe Root doesn't want to go at number three. And so the, the, the feeling is, and like I say, it's more of a vibe, is that Moeen Ali is expendable because he's going to retire again from Test cricket at the end of this series. So, you know, in about a week and a half's time, he'll be gone again from Test cricket. So you don't destroy the guy by him having a couple of failures up top. That's really the main thinking. And they've said, and Moeen has said himself, you know, my job is if I can hang around for seven or eight overs, he said hilariously. Uh, just get the ball a little bit softer. He also said, when asked about approaching 3,000 runs, he said, well, 23 runs does feel like a long way away. Now, that doesn't inspire you with confidence when you're number three. Yeah. He's saying 23 runs feels a long way away. But I think it is really so that everybody else could be settled. And that is kind of the way baseball sets itself up. It is you know, about feeling as much as science. And they want to keep Moeen in the cycles, they want that spin option and they want to be able to lengthen that batting order. Uh, Johnny Bairstow's not comfortable keeping wicket and batting high in the order. He needs time off, especially after his leg break. So you then have Wokes in at eight. So that makes England's order feel a little bit more secure. And Moeen then becomes, dare I say this, he becomes the Dayhawk. You know, they talk about the Nighthawk, <laughs> which is supposedly Stuart Broad. Well, Moeen is the Mohawk. He is. He goes in at three and does what he does, and it doesn't matter. That's the kind of principle behind it, that if he gets out first ball, it's not ideal, but it doesn't really matter. He's asked to make an impact, and if he comes off one in four times, then they'll be cool with it. That does my head in. Batting at three doesn't matter. It's supposed to be your best batsman. I love it. I reckon Brendan McCullum must be a fan of The Castle, the Australian movie. Dennis Denuto, who's the lawyer in that. And Daniel, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. The Castle. Because the lawyer in that argues about the vibe, about the feeling. about, And that's all. Not, not arguing the core or the the point of law but argues about the vibe mate i'm going to let you go well past your bedtime we look forward to your uh, call tomorrow as, uh, tomorrow night as part of the sen commentary team the fourth ashes thank you so much i, I genuinely cannot wait and i've now got another australian film recommendation so i don't think i can squeeze it in before bed but you never know <laughs> Good luck with that, Daniel. Daniel Norcross, part of the SEN team. That's right, the Ashes. Uh, live tomorrow night from 8 o'clock. Uh, building a new home, Plantation Homes, backed by $7 billion parent company. Plantation Homes is where you need to go. Uh, right now, we need to go to the news at 11.33.